You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is David Frangioni, CEO and publisher of Modern Drummer Magazine. So excited about our new podcast, The Modern Drummer Podcast. This weekly podcast will bring Modern Drummer to life. Sit back and enjoy fresh, fun, and insightful conversations with today's top drummers, producers, musicians, beat makers, and craftsmen. Whether you're a professional, a hobbyist, drummer, musician, programmer, producer, or just love music, this show is for you. Every other week, the Modern Drummer Podcast will feature world-renowned producer, songwriter, and drummer, Narda Michael Walden. Narda Michael Walden's Upbeat is featured exclusively on the Modern Drummer Podcast. This episode of the Modern Drummer Podcast is brought to you by Mallet Cat. The Mallet Cat is the world's most powerful MIDI percussion mallet controller available in two, three, and four octave models and can be expanded to four or five octaves. With 127 factory setups designed to work with general MIDI sound modules and 127 programmable user setups, which features splitting, layering, poly mono, hang modes, and more, the Mallet Cat is an incredibly expressive and powerful alternative to traditional marimba and vibraphone instruments. The Gig Cat 2 has 256 voices of polyphony and can play simultaneously on all 16 MIDI channels. Check out the Mallet Cat instruments. I have the Mallet Cat Express here. It's super awesome. If you have any kind of keyboard skills, uh, this is a lot of fun. So check it out, Mallet Cat, and let's get the show going. What's up, everyone? Welcome into Episode 6 of the Modern Drummer Podcast. This is Mike Dawson, Managing Editor of Modern Drummer. This week, I am revisiting an interview I did with Glenn Kochi of the band Wilco back in March, I believe it was, where we talked about his top 10 favorite solo albums. So I'm going to drop that in. And then uh, in the gear review section, we are going to be talking about the cool new Toko Percussion Kickbox, which is a suitcase drum kit that includes a bass drum, snare drum, and a tom. Very cool. We're going to check that out. Uh, we got some playing demos of that. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's jump into Glenn Kochi. This week, my good friend, mentor, hero, huge inspiration of mine, Glenn Kochi of the band Wilco. He was recently on the cover of the magazine where he was talking mostly about Wilco's new album, Ode to Joy. Here, he's going to share a little bit about his favorite solo drum albums. I'll let him explain a little bit more about what qualifies as a solo drum album, and then we'll take it from there. So have a notepad because a lot of these are obscure. You might have a hard time finding them, but that's kind of the fun. Dig around. Um, a lot of these are also on iTunes, so you can find them. Anyway, here's Glenn Koji. Let's get into it. So this is my list of my top 
10 solo drum records. Okay, so I will clarify that these are purely solo drum records. So no other performers appear on them. Um, so it disqualifies records like Baby Dodds, Talking in Drum Solos, which is an incredible document, but he has other players on it. So it's disqualified from this particular list. It also doesn't include solo percussion records, and there's loads of mind-bending um, records by by people from Max Newhouse to Robin Schulkowski, Steve Schick, Doug Perkins, in that category, but that's another list. And it also doesn't include percussion ensemble or drum ensemble, yet more lists, or drummer's leader or drummer with collaborators. That's why this beauty won't be on the list either. Okay, so just purely solo drum records. Now, um, I'm going to start, because uh, I can't possibly order these, favorite to, uh, to least favorite, even though they're all favorites. I'm going to go um, from the oldest to the most recent. So let's start first with uh, great record, Andrew Surreal, What About? And here's another pressing of it. Can't tell I really like this record. This was recorded in 69 and um, 71. And he's just a force of nature. And this record showcases his raw power, as well as his more contemplative and lyrical mallet exploration and everything in between. As the liner notes of one of these pressings um, states, Surreal expresses uh, every emotion from a whisper to a scream. And that's pretty accurate. I think it also says that this was, in one of the liner notes, it says that this was the first solo drum record ever. I can't back that up, but it seems plausible to me. 6971 seems about right, so it's possible. Each piece on this record has a unique approach, and it's just a wonderful example of how he straddles the free music coming out of New York at that time, free jazz playing with his incredible technique and chops. And this record shows how he um, negotiates those two wonderful sides of his play. Okay, next up, number two, is Paul Litton, The Incline Stick. What a great cover, huh? This was recorded in 77 and 79. This record opened up a whole new world for me. It was like entering a new universe of percussion and sound and unknown rhythms. I had no grounding, nothing to hold on to. Uh, it sounded so unfamiliar, otherworldly, yet so inviting. I remember asking myself, like, how is this drum set? But it is. Uh, Paul Litton uses all kinds of and manners of techniques, uh, extended techniques to elicit sounds from his instruments, like you know, rubbing, scratching, striking, of course, bowing, rattling, anything goes on this record. He renders even the most commonplace instruments completely unrecognizable. And uh, listening to this record was like, for me, seeing a, a great painter for the first time, someone that completely reimagined reimagines everything, um, like a Gerhardt Richter or a Jackson Pollock. You know what it is, you know what the medium is, whether it's painting or drumming, but it shook me to my core. And at the same time, it was very inspiring because I realized at that moment that anything's possible. So this one really broke down a lot of walls for me. I have to add, though, even though that description might sound a little heavy, it's a really playful record, even humorous. It's a lot of fun. And one other note, um, he also made a series of dual records with the legendary Paul Lovins, a wonderful drummer. Um, so if you can check those out, I think those are all on Pope Torch as well. Um, if you can find a copy of those anywhere, check them out. Okay, number three from 1981, 
Alex Klein, not alone. Check out this setup. Um, so full disclosure, this is my bandmate in Wilco, Nels Klein. This is his twin brother, and Nels actually produced this record too. Um, but this was decades before I knew either of them, and um, I knew Alex's music long before I ever met Nels. So there's no uh, favoritism or nepotism happening here. This record stands on its own. Um, so uh, Alex, he just expertly allows each sound to exist on its own. Even when it's uh, blending part of the ensemble, part of the kit, his, there's just something about his touch um, that really lets sound, each sound and each voice um, be expressed and heard uh, in a unique way. Um, the drummier moments... Um, have an innate development and arc uh, that set them apart from from the typical free wall of drums sound um, that playing that took playing. It's very melodic, and I feel like it's it's gesturally based. Um, I don't know. It's just an expanded kit with a lot of great sounds on it: tongue drum, gong, preparations, kalimba, rat, uh, rattles, bells, um, voice, singing bowls. Um, so a lot of great sounds on it. And it's got an incredible dynamic range um, and variety of palette. Uh, the grand finale, too, is a, just a blast of um, hyper-driven jazz and samba um, with really impressive cymbal work, too. Um, and it's just pure joy. So, uh, and, you know, come on. It's a double solo drum record. How cool is that? You can't beat that. Alex Klein, not alone. Okay, number four from 1981, we have Masahiko Tagashi, The Face of Percussion. Um, so this record is perfection, in my opinion. Um, it's just an incredibly, there's an incredibly deep wisdom that pervades each track. Uh, it's mesmerizing and just simply beautiful music. Um, deep stuff here. It's totally improvised, but it sounds composed um, with melodies and form naturally taking shape throughout the record. Um, and he didn't even have use of his legs uh, when he made this record. And you would never know it at all. Um, this is just, you know, it's some of my favorite brush playing I've ever heard in my life, too. Um, it's just a really deep, wonderful record. Everyone should check this out. Number five, Eddie Prevost. Losi of Change. Um, this is from 1996, and this is just full of really engaging percussion landscapes. Um, it sounds multi-layered, but it's recorded solo in the studio, no overdubs, and just features wonderful explorations of the instruments. Um, Prevos kind of treats the kit like a pit percussionist would, using all kinds of traditional, non-traditional, and homemade instruments um, to draw out the most interesting aspects of uh, an instrument's overtone and sounds and timbre, and then he hones in on them and isolates those uh, most interesting qualities in order to sustain them and explore their subtleties. Uh, Evan Parker, the mind-blowing saxophone player, writes in the liner notes, he talks something about him, uh, Prevost, almost creating a sort of feedback loop um, between the instrument and himself by the way he's exploring the sound so deeply and then being informed by it in time. Um, so this is a great one to check out. So number six for me is from 2002. This is Chris Cutler, Solo. 
And uh, I'm sorry about the burn, Chris. Um, but anyway, this is just a really uh, compelling use of electronic manipulation of acoustic drums. Um, it's, it's almost like avant classical music to me at times. Um, super unpredictable, really exciting. Um, and it just really has interesting live processing choices that propel the music and keep it fresh and evolving. Um, it's like a series of great decisions captured on tape. Uh, he explores sustained tones and variable pitching, which are two things not easily done on drums. So it's really cool that he delves into that. Um, and I like how he refers to the audience as co-composers, uh, which is why this was all recorded um, live without any overdubs. Chris Cutler, solo. So number seven from 2006, we have Chris Corsano, the young cricketer. Um, really hilarious titles on this. This was actually a CDR originally and then issued as a CD, so this isn't a burn. Um, but this is uh, just a beautiful exploration of the capability of the drums. Um, by using extended techniques, uh, Chris's unbelievable chops, and um, also using the drums as resonators. Um, so it's free and totally improvised, but Chris always has so much swing, so much groove in his playing, even when it's a, a all-out wall of sound, which he does as well as anyone I've ever heard. Um, he always has, there's an inherent swing in his playing, which is just really um, moving. Um, he uses mouthpieces and tubes and friction wires, which are um, highly original on this. Um, he almost sounds like a one-man band here. And um, if you've never seen him live, um, don't miss the chance. It'll change you. So number eight for me is from 2010, Frank Rosalie, um, Milkwork. And this is the super cool handmade metal uh, special edition, but it's also out um, as a regular CD as well. Um, former Chicagoan living in uh, Europe now. But um, to me, this record is a masterstroke. Uh, it, it just beautifully connects the dots. Frank beautifully connects the dots from the early free prob drumming to modern music and drumming possibilities. Um, his swirling collages of rhythm are mesmerizing. Um, the first part is more drumming oriented. And then he, um, slowly, uh, increasingly mixes in all kinds of electronic, uh, little riffs and sounds and repetitions until at some points it sounds like it's a full band playing. Um, but it's not, it's just him. Uh, it's beautifully composed work, even though I'm pretty sure most of it's improvised, if not all of it. Um, it just really shouldn't be missed. Um, it's just a really mature, wonderful record. Okay, next, number nine from 2016 is Ingar Zak, Lestanze. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, this is a studio recording of solo drums and electronics that um, to me sounds like you're taking a walk through these varied percussive landscapes. Um, it's exploratory um, with highly original sounds and uh, manipulation and techniques. It's improvised, but there are pulses and perceivable time in there, which really grounds things, it really adds a nice different aspect to it. Um, this record doesn't even sound like percussion at a lot of points, um, it's music. Uh, and sound and environments. Um, it's just a wonderful record from this Norwegian uh, percussionist living in Spain for a long time now. 
Um, it's completely striking and arresting in my opinion. And um, I don't know, I feel sorry for any drummer who listens to this and can't get something out of it. And number 10 is from 2020 and a brand new record by Evan Chapman. Um, I only have it digitally, so I don't have one to hold up for you. But um, this features compositions uh, by composers uh, commissioned by and performed by Evan Chapman. Um, so it's uh, not improvised, at least not entirely. Um, the compositions are all for drum set and live or pre-recorded electronics. So it's all over the place. Um, each composer creates uh, an atmosphere that's unique to their own vision. And so it's got a broad range of textures and sounds and moods. Um, and it's just beautifully interpreted, executed, and recorded. The recording is so clean um, by, by Chapman. Um, his choices, sounds, interpretation um, undoubtedly put the music across. Um, but it's... Gosh, parts are really groovy and sublime. Others are um, jagged and un unexpected and jarring. So for me, it's a really great sneak peek at what the future uh, may hold for solo drum set. And I would be remiss if I didn't include a couple other records that are very uh, meaningful to me that, um, you know, if this was done last week or next week, might be in this top 10 list. Um, just really great records that you should check out. One is Milford Graves' Grand Unification, one of his solo records. Just a deeply spiritual record. Um, creates a dialogue between African drumming and American drumming. Just great record. Um, classic, Han Benning, uh, Nerve Beats. Everyone should know that. Um, I don't. I couldn't find my copy of it, but uh, Cleve Posar, Solo Percussion, that's from 74. Um, Nerve Beats was 73, by the way. Um, another one, Frank Perry, Deep Peace. He's got several records that all have peace in the title, um, all uh, explorations of the metallic aspects of drum set. Really great. Um, this is a fun record. Um, Detlef Schoenberg. Um, this is from 75. Um, and let's see, also, there's this uh, Fritz Hauser record that's really great. Um Another one, Sven Ak Johansson. This one is from 72, Schlingerland, it's called. Really cool stuff. Um, and there's just, uh, you know, Christopher Tree. I love that record, too. Um, and then there's a lot of more contemporary things, too, like uh, um, Billy Martin's three-disc set of Illy Beats, um, plus um, any solo work from John Hadfield I highly recommend, um, Bozio, Ben Reimer, Mike Dawson's solo records. Um, all great. This record came out two years ago from the Finnish percussionist um, Tatu Ranko. Um, great record. So there are so many incredible records out there. These are just things from my collection. Um, please let me know if there's incredible ones I missed out on. Um, I'm always looking to expand my horizons, and hopefully you are too. So uh, hopefully there'll be another time to give you my other top ten lists. Um, but in the meantime, do yourself a favor. And check out some of these drummers, some of these titles. Uh, you've got more hand, uh, time on your hands now probably than ever before. So keep exploring. And even if some of these are a little obscure or out of print or hard to find, there's um, got to be different um, examples on streaming services or on YouTube of them playing. Um, so check it out. And please, please take care of yourselves. Stay healthy. Take care of others. Be responsible. And thank you.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I would be remiss to not recommend that you also check out all of Glenn's solo work. I know he wouldn't talk about his own stuff, but <laughs> he's got a lot of records out. I will say that when I saw him first perform the monkey chant, I never knew what was going to happen. It was life-changing. So he probably doesn't want you to go only watching the monkey chant because he's evolved into other projects, but check it out. There's a great one. Was it the Brendan Canty film? Yeah. Yeah. He did a a version of it that's on YouTube. Check it out. It, It changed my thought of what the drum set can do. So probably like what a lot of these records did for you. Your record, Mobile, did for me. So congratulations. Everyone, yeah, check out you. Mobile and the rest of Glenn's discography. And all of these, I don't know how many we had there, probably 17 solo drum records. I hope you got something out of that segment. So we're going to wrap up the Glenn Kochi featured segment of this podcast with an excerpt from his performance, Monkey Chant. This is a version that was recorded by uh, also a great drummer, Brendan Canty of the band Fugazi, who's also a filmmaker. So he filmed Glenn playing this this piece and posted it. Um, I believe you can find the whole thing on YouTube. We just have an excerpt here. Monkey Chant was the piece that I heard Glenn perform at a Percussive Art Society convention several years ago. And it just blew my mind. So just to see the kit that he's using, it's like a cocktail drum. And he's doing all sorts of um, unique techniques with scraping sandpaper. And he's got... He's got springs attached to his snare drum. It was absolutely mind-blowing. It was one of the few drum clinic performances that like, gave me chills and made me like jump out of my seat with applause. It, was, it just changed my whole perspective on what a drum set performance can be. Um, so here's a little excerpt from Monkey Chant. You can find this on Glenn's record, Mobile. All right, let's check it out. Monkey Chant.
This is so awesome today. Uh, a, a legend in the industry and certainly in electronic percussion. Mario DeChutis is here with us today. Now, he is not only Radio City Music Hall percussionist, but he is the owner of Alternate Music and the Cat line of products. And he's going to talk about what Cat is up to. Uh, I personally remember Mario. First of all, welcome, Mario. Great to have you here today. Great to be here. Appreciate it. Thank you. And I personally remember uh, learning about Cat in the mid 80s. I'm from Boston. So this was a product that was kind of local to, to me at the time as well. And then, of course, Neil Peart uh, is, you, you know, starts using your products and, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of things in, in amazing ways have happened. So catch us up. Start from the beginning and bring us up to speed on what's happening. Back in 1984, there was a little article in Modern Drummer magazine about a gentleman, Bill Katowski, that was building a Mallet controller. Uh, and I called Modern Drummer up, and they gave me the phone number. It was different times. And I, my wife and I went up to meet the Katowskis, and he showed me this first version. of It was a pre-MIDI device. And at the same time, uh, the Yamaha came out with the DX7. And to me, that changed everything. The FM synthesis was so beautiful at the time. And uh, Bill's instrument was still uh, analog using, um, it was an analog digital hybrid. And it was using, you know, oscillators and, and uh, actually be really popular now with all of the, uh, the retro with the, but anyway, so him and I said, let's make a MIDI mallet controller. And the so so Mario, let me ask you. So before I remember the DX7 and and you know how absolutely revolutionary it was, what was the, what did the mallet do with no MIDI? It had its own sounds inside. Yeah, basically it was a bunch of uh, oscillators and a, a ADSR and a little built-in sequencer and additive synthesis. You put one oscillator and then another oscillator. You know, it was really cool, but it didn't have any velocity sensitivity. Oh, okay. So this is very early days, but very cutting edge. When you think about 1984, 85, that's all of those things you just mentioned are huge deals. So then you st then you do one, you do it a cat that is actually with MIDI. With MIDI. It was the first MIDI controller. And um, uh, my background, I took electronic, I took electronic um, um, percussion, not percussion, sorry. I took electronic music at Queens College. So I was familiar with control voltage, and I really was into the stuff because I wanted to be a jazz player, uh, and I couldn't be heard in the bands because the funk was the big thing, and I was always drowned out. So I was really into getting this going. So um, we did, and the first controller came out, and uh, Dave Samuels was our first artist that used the Malacat. Um, yeah, he yeah. was uh, he was with uh, then um, Spiral Gyro. And then eventually he went with the Caribbean Jazz Project. And, you know, we became friends over the decades. Um, and that product's evolved over the years and is still your, one of your key products that, that is, it's really become an industry standard. Yeah. And uh, luckily because the, we created an architecture that constantly could be developed. And basically we learned over time, how do you make the instrument more expressive? I got this great story. Uh, early, early on, when the Malacat first came on, I was playing at the World Yacht. You know that cruise, that little cruise line that goes for dinner around New York City? Yes. Okay. And I was playing, and I took the saxophone player home, and he said to me that day, I feel sorry for you, man. Why? 
You're into the sucks. Why? You have no control over velocity. You can't control the every sound's the same length. You can't add pitch bend. You can't add. You can't control the envelope of the sound. And he hit me on the head that day, and I realized I'm just going to spend the rest of my career trying to develop an instrument with a full gesture set to make it more expressive. And Bill was just happy to get all of this feedback from a player that wanted more. So that has been what we did from way back in the 80s, still right now. And this thing is just chock full of features. So what are the models currently available? And what are they called? And how does somebody start to understand the Malacat world and the cat controller world so they can choose what's best for their needs? Okay, so we have a two octave unit, three octave unit, four octave unit, five octave unit. The two octave is an express. That's what Neil Peart used. You can add up to two octaves onto that to make it four octave. Then there's the pro. That's now wait, same feature set, just different, just the amount of octaves, only difference. Uh, same feature set, only yes. Okay. Although we made a special one for Neil. Uh, <laughs> okay, is that available for anybody other than? Well, he what, was. You know that? Back then, I think he was using an Akai S3000, something like that. And he wanted it to be just loaded so you can't make changes. So Bill created a piece of software that forced it to do one thing and one thing only. So it, it was there for him. He didn't want to be messing around with technology on the stage. Sure, of course. So that's what we did. Awesome. Uh, so you have two, so two, three, four, five octave. Correct. And the and the uh, five octave is really a four octave grand. So pro is three, express is two, grand is four, and you can add the fifth octave onto a, a pro or a grand. Awesome. Okay. And the pro is if someone gets the one Neil had, because that sounds two octave sounds very compact. You can put it virtually on any drum kit and it sits right there without taking up a larger footprint like Neil had. It's all the same features. So at that point, uh, you know, it's just a matter of you just have two octaves instead of the, you know, the wider range. Yes. The, the dance is that when you have uh, all of the functions on the instrument are on the pads. There's no why. There's no you have to step on a foot switch to hit a pad for a function. So you can change things really, really fast. But you need stuff on the third octave. So with the express, you have to step on two foot switches to fool the, the express that you have a third octave to do your editing. Otherwise, it's virtually the same. Okay. Awesome. Are you going to play a little for us? I'd love to play with you. Now, uh, what I did do, by the way, um, in the challenge of making a little six-second song, I put together six little six eight-bar tunes. And what that does is allow you to hear how the new sound engine that we have, which is called the Gig Cat 2, can sound like orchestral music, can sound like, you know, vibraphones, and... Um, uh, so I could play you what it sounds like, like in a band, I could play individually. What would you like to hear? Well, I'd like to hear a little bit of both. But before you do both of them, yes. let me ask you, the sounds come built in, but you can also add sounds of your own. What are the capabilities of the sound engine? Okay, so right now the module, the GigCat 2, is an external box. It's a little itty-bitty little triangle but it has four gigabytes of sounds on it. I mean, that's a lot of memory for a little box. But what we did on this one, what makes it so special is that 
literally every sound module out there. If you have a vibraphone, you have one. You have one xylophone. We have 127 vibraphones on this, each one with different vibrato speeds or different uh, brightness control. So you've multi-sampled and layered, and we're talking about reproduction of, of traditional mallet instruments that don't sound like there's a rival. Exactly. Right now, this is the by far the uh, best sounding emulation uh, of, an, of an acoustic equivalent. Plus, it has guitars and pianos and basses. I'll, I'll show you some of that, too. Um, but uh, at Radio City, when we switched around 10 years ago, uh, I've been there since 1979. So I've gone the whole gamut from, you know, acoustic all the way. And then we switched. What happened was the show was... Uh, they needed, because of all the dancing, they needed to put the orchestra down below and parked in this cement kind of horrible place for volume. So they decided to put the percussion, the drums, the piano, the guitar, all on um, headphones using electronics. So I had the challenge of how I'm going to make this thing sound like, an, like timpani or, you know. So back then I had to use the, my laptops and computers. You know, and luckily there were some great companies making some fantastic things like Sonic Couture. Uh, they make great libraries and uh, Native Instruments had some stuff and uh, um, uh, uh, Fluffy Vibes, lots of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Project Sam. I used a lot of Project Sam. They had the P.I. in the Grand Casa. And so I was able to essentially every sound that they asked for from sleigh bells to uh, triangles, open and close, piatti, all done on the computer. So that meant when you're dealing with a show that you need to have incredible amounts of redundancy. So I created a multi-complex thing where there's two mixes, two computers, uh, 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 two of everything, two Malacats and the other percussionists. So we had four or five Malacats in the pit. We had drum cats. We even had our jam cat, which is our hand drum controller. Last year, the show started with a little eight-bar bongo solo, so I played it with my hands. Uh, so the audience saw me playing like bongos, not with sticks. Anyway, so that became very complicated for the general public so to say, hey, you want to have really good marimba? Well, you got to buy this, the, the Malacat. You got to buy a fast computer. You got to buy an audio interface. You have to buy the library. You have what was needed really, really bad was to create one little itty-bitty module that you just turn it on and the sounds are there. You and you can count on it. And you can count on it. Yeah. Just turn it on and play. And that's what this is. And this is this would go as as an additional piece with the Malacat that you choose. Yeah, like I said, it's only this big. Right. I personally prefer it on the outside because just like when you buy, uh, you know, like all of the drum mod the uh, electronic drums out there, the module's on the outside for a reason. You don't want to bang on it. Right. So I don't like banging on my sound module, so I prefer it on the outside. But I know that if we put the sound card inside, people like that because it's one less wire to deal with, you know, the MIDI cable. So, Mario, before we get into the, the fun stuff and start listening to this incredible instrument, um, where do people learn more about this? What's the... Where, where do they find you online? Okay, so Cat Percussion now, which is now the Hal Leonard, because they're dis distributing the Cat stuff worldwide. There's a lot of stuff on there. And on all- Cat Percussion is katpercussion.com? Correct, yes. Okay. And they have uh, videos and instructions. On my site, alternatemode.com, 
I have literally hundreds of videos uh, uh, attached to uh, there's a video help desk for learning. There's YouTube connections for me playing. Uh, there's a, you know all that's there. So there's two areas. Awesome. Well, let's hear let's hear some sounds. see it's a really meat and potatoes kind of uh, a sound module that has all of the uh, essential sounds pianos and you know like that those were awesome awesome sound bites everyone you can hear how realistic and expressive this instrument sounds uh, to cut through even in acoustic settings where you'll need to amplify uh, never mind every other scenario, whether studio or live, and you need an electronic version of Malakat. This is a tried and true instrument, and uh, those were awesome, awesome sound bites. Thank you for sharing, Mario. Oh, thank you. Okay, so I'm going to show you some of the fun little features that make it expressive. And in this example, with my foot switch, I'm controlling two different instruments, two violins, um, and they're both in mono mode, so basically they sound like playing single lines. So first I'll play the first slide. Now I add the second one. So it's fun that you actually can control two separate lines instantly. Now, the other important thing that we do is dampening. So if I'm playing now strings. And now I can also hit another foot switch to change the octave. And let it ring so I can play over it. So you see, all of a sudden, the vocabulary for the percussionist this, this exponentially grows because you have access to all of these sounds. Oh, it's virtually endless, and it and it sounds so great. And in the you know the hands of of any percussionist, the the tool that this is for, as you said, uh, for the vocabulary and the sound sources is is just limitless. Now, what we're looking at right now is the five octave Malakat. Four octave. The four octave, and what's above it? Uh, that's just, oh, well, I have, this is my, I use another, Mal one of the features of the Malakat, it could act as uh, a controller. So I could be changing my reverb settings. I could be controlling a sequencer. I could be controlling all that. So I use this as a, as a controlled surface. So um, I put a lot of software features for, like, the DJ guy. Or someone who wanted marriage to be, let's say, a percussionist in a DJ band and be able to control the sequencer or to play. So that's what all this stuff does on top. And oh, incredible. And a whole other video uh, uh, for that. It gets really cool. But I think out of the context of the, uh, the gig cat for this one. Go to catpercussion.com.
And thank you very much, Mario. Why don't we take this segment home with a little bit of playing? Why don't you play a little, take us home? Okay, fantastic. shift over to the shop talk section so this week we are featuring a new um, kind of goes uh, perfectly with glenn kochi's artful um, creative side this is a new suitcase drum kit by toka percussion so this is if you it's kind of a throwback to the old kind of busker you know the busking style of drumming where you would where someone would just turn a suitcase into a bass drum and stuff it full of tambourines and stuff so you could just open it up at a train station or on a boardwalk or subway station and play some drums and not have to have a drum set. So Toka took that and turned it into an actual instrument. So what this thing is, it's called the kickbox. It's a suitcase, uh, but it's actually like a metal suitcase shaped um, device. And you open it up and inside you have single headed snare drum with a fan operated wires that touch the bottom of the head. And then a single headed Tom, uh, the bass drum, and it has a bass drum head built into the suitcase, so you're not you're not smacking the side of the suitcase. You're actually smacking, playing on a real bass drum head. Um, the the snare is ten ten inches. The tom is ten inches. It has two um, knurled posts to attach the snare and the tom to that could fold down and be very compact. So this thing is designed. You basically have a full drum set, um, and you can even put a bass drum pedal inside of it. So you can really do pretty much everything with this one little funky little kit Um, and and the handle is designed to be like a rack mount so if you have like a an auxiliary boom stand or an x hat you can attach it to that and not have to have like a simple like a full symbol stand very cool everything kind of compacts folds in contains within itself it's designed to fit into an uh, overhead compartment on an airplane Um, it's not super heavy it's not super light but it's definitely light enough where you could maybe carry it on like a small cart or something, or you can easily get it into the trunk of your car. So if you're looking for something kind of a little bit off, <laughs> off center, uh, but still sounds like an actual drum set, you're going to be, I think you're going to be shocked at how realistic quote unquote, the bass drum sounds and how um, full the little 10 inch Tom sounds. And then the snare is nice and crispy. So I did a, you know, I didn't change the bass drum tuning. I found a tuning that I thought sounded really good. And the tom tuning as well, pretty much as low as it can go. I wanted it to be sort of like a low or like a floor tom kind of sound. But I messed with the snare tuning a bit. So in this demo, it's pretty much real time. I'm going to play it one tuning, change the snare tuning, play again. And what I did was I attached a small boom arm to the handle and put a pair of 10-inch Zildjian effect stacks. So I have like a little tiny little hi-hat sound. Um, and the bass drum pedal attaches to a clamp that's like pre-installed on the bottom of the suitcase. Super cool. So anyway, enough rapping about it. Let's check it out. Here is the Toka Percussion Kickbox. 
Okay, well, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you got something out of it. Again, try to dig up some of those records that Glenn is talking about. There's some really cool stuff in there. I guarantee it's going to change your concept of what the drum set could do. Even if you just play pop music, there's going to be something in there sonically or texturally that I'm pretty sure will influence you to try some different things. Definitely check out Glenn's solo records. My favorite is Mobile, but he's got He's got tons, so just search for Glenn's stuff. Um, And also check out this Toka kickbox. Um, I'm reluctant to give it back. It's so funky and cool, but uh, it's available. So just check out Toka Percussion's website. They've got a nice demo video there, a little bit more info on it. Um, And that's about it. So we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Thank you, everybody, for watching this week's Modern Drummer Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode exclusively on Podcast One. Until then, stay safe and healthy, and thanks for listening and watching. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.